0: Mum for others. My name is uh, Monsignor John Armitage. I'm a priest of the Brentwood Diocese. I'm the parish priest of the Catholic Parish of the Royal Docks and Vicar General for the Diocese of Brentwood. And if you can hear clapping and noises in the background, it's because this interview is taking place at the Youth 2000 Festival. And we're in the middle of a field at the moment with the activities going on in the marquee in the background. I've been asked to just speak about the roots of my vocation as a priest. Um, I'm in my 60th year and I've been a priest for 34 years and I entered the seminary when I was 18. I come from a Catholic family. My mother was Catholic, my father wasn't baptized, and um, my family were not practicing uh, at all. In fact, I can't remember any member of my family who ever went to Mass uh, whatsoever. But as a child, I went to a Catholic school, and it was a very good Catholic school in Canning Town in East London, St Helens, and I was greatly influenced by the sisters and the teachers in the school. People often say to me, you know, why did you become a priest? And one of the reasons I think I became a priest, quite simply, is as a child I was surrounded by good people. They weren't all overtly religious, as so none of my family were. But that combination of the good example of the sisters and the priests in the parish who had had a big impact on me. And I think it was just their kindness and general goodness that... When you're a child, you don't notice, but um, it it was just there, and they were genuinely good men, whose whole life was to serve the people of that area. And it was a poor area, it was uh, people struggled, Uh, it was hard times, it was in the 1950s and 60s when I was growing up. But one became aware of this great love of the priests for the people, and it's something that I I became very aware of as a young person. And the goodness of the people around me is that I, I was fortunate with my family and the community in which I lived, that I was, I was appreciated, I was cared for, and I was loved, and I knew that I was loved. And if you know that you are loved, um, um, and most of us, you know, Start that love with our families, but sometimes that love doesn't come through families, but love can come through all sorts of different ways. I was very fortunate that the love I had that shaped my life came from my family, came from my parish, came from my teachers, and came from the community of which I was very fortunate to be a member of in London's East End. And so, when I was growing up, then as a teenager. Um, I had the good values of a strong community. I had the good values of kind people. I had the good values that were not just taught to me, they were taught not just by word, but by example. Um, My father couldn't pass a man begging on the street without stopping to help him. and, And one becomes influenced by these things in life. And one of the things that happened to me is one of my famous stories which I'll probably be remembered for for the rest of my life is when I was 14 coming home from um, I used to be in Hackney Sea Cadets and I was coming home to Canning Town and I got off the train and there was a man in front of me who was drunk and uh, as he walked up the stairs he was sick and um, he vomited quite badly and his false teeth shot out of his mouth and uh, landed in front of me And I looked at these teeth, and I could hear the words of my beloved parish priest of happy memory, Canon O'Donnell, always telling us, you know, if you can help someone in trouble, do your best to help them. Always try and cross the other side of the road to help them. So I looked at these teeth, and I knew exactly what I had to do, and I walked straight past them. But I, I just couldn't do it, and so I came back down, I picked up the teeth, and gave him his teeth, and helped him to the top of the stairs and he turned and said thank you son and walked off and that was it and i've never seen him again but when i look back you know this was one of a very significant moments in my life because i could have just ignored them i could have ignored him i could have walked on but i didn't and i realized at that moment and afterwards that i could make a difference in life and the difference was entirely of my own choosing i could choose to make a difference to people's lives or to ignore them and um, I think the impact as I walked home of that is I couldn't quite understand why I felt so good about myself but I did and I then, I suppose it it gave me a certain self-confidence to start helping people and um, I was then probably about 15 or 16 and in the parish there wasn't a formal organisation, but it was something for just for, you know, for us youngsters to be able to help people in need. So we used to go and do people's garden or paint their, their front room. Goodness knows what a mess we made of it, but we, that's what we used to do. And I think, you know, I grew in that in confidence and realizing that that you know the most important thing you realise is that life is has to be lived for others, and the only way you can really understand yourself is by the way that you are of service to others and i thank god that i realized that when i was young i realized it because i was taught it at school i realized it because i saw it lived out in the life of my parents and my community i saw it every day and so when it came to my turn to respond and to respond to people that's exactly how i managed to to grow and so it became a then a natural question for me about the priesthood should i become a priest and um i entered the seminary at 18 so i was very young and people say to me now surely you were too young to know what to do well i've always disagreed with that i feel that um I mean, for some people, 18 would be too young. But I think um, it's, uh, it's essentially about how each individual arrives at 18. Some people arrive at 18 and they still have the maturity of a 10-year-old. Some people arrive at 50 and still have the maturity of a 10-year-old. But some 18-year-olds have a great maturity that comes through a life well lived. And I thank God that I got to 18... And because of the example of the people around me, because of their encouragement, and my parents were totally bemused at my wanting to be a priest. And my father died before I went to the seminary. He had a very bad accident and died. But I knew that he and my mother wanted for me to be happy and although my father was a merchant seaman and wanted me to go to sea and indeed i wanted to go to sea they realized that um, what was more important than my professional career was my heart what i wanted to do in my life and they said to me and i remember this and, and say so they couldn't really understand it but they said if this makes you happy if this is genuinely what you want to do then we will support you 100 percent. and i have been eternally grateful for this great generosity of heart of my mum and dad. Um, I'm an only child, come from a big family, insofar I had lots of cousins and all sorts, but I am an only child. And so it was not just a sacrifice for me, but it was also a sacrifice for them. a the sacrifice that they gave because they cared for me, and they were not selfish, and they lived for me as a parent's, and so the influence wasn't just when I was young but also when it came to the important moment of making my choice about my priestly vocation they supported me in it and so that gave me the confidence to step forward and to uh, make my application to the seminary as I said at the beginning I'm 34 years a priest I have never once regretted the decision that I made there have been plenty of times when I've obviously been tired and it's been tough but that's life, that's not a priesthood that's just life so I've never regretted being a priest I've never regretted that decision I'm happy as a priest I'm happy to have been able to serve God's people and I was once in a school and someone said to me how would you describe your experience as a priest and without batting an eyelid, I said exciting. And they all in the class were a bit bemused at the, the word exciting, because that's not the word they'd expected. And I suppose I was a bit bemused as well, but it, because it just came out. But that has been my experience with the priesthood. Exciting in the sense that you just never know what each day is going to bring. And that still, in my 60th year, with still a few years left in me, is still my experience, each day one never knows what the Lord is going to ask of you and one never knows what is there before us. And I have been greatly blessed in my priesthood and each day continues to be exciting. Some probably less than others, but I will always say, you know, I'm never gonna die of boredom because being at the service of the Lord and of his church means that each day one has to have an open heart to what's going to happen and try and do and seek god's will each day after 34 years of doing that i'm happy that i was called to do that i wouldn't change it and i'm eternally grateful to my parents and all who cared for me and loved me and taught me when i was young how to be a servant to others and it's that life of service that i have tried with all the ups and downs and the frailties and the weaknesses that I am only too aware of every day in my life that has brought me to this moment. And in this field in Walsingham, um, with all the background noises which you can no doubt hear, of 1,500 young people all in the tent praising the Lord, celebrating their faith, and in a small way I have been able, through the grace of God, to be part of this and supporting this over the years. And this is just one of the many ways that God has blessed my ministry and as always as I come towards the end of the day here in this holy site of Walsingham which I have a great devotion to Our Lady of Walsingham. I give thanks for my parents and all those who inspired me when I was young. I give thanks for all those people I've met in my ministry and I give thanks to God for the great gift that he gave me of being his priest.